Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Hosanna. My name is Tony, and I just want to say welcome to each and every one of you. We're really glad that you are here, and um, how's everybody doing? All right, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. How many people enjoyed that extra hour of sleep? Food, yeah, yes. And all of us with young children in the room. I just want to say I'm sorry, okay? Like, honestly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're... uh, there's a blessing to young children, but sleeping in is not one of them. So um, anyway, we just want to say welcome. We're honored that each and every one of you are a part of today's service. And uh, I, as a campus pastor, I look forward to Sundays just about more than any other day of the week because I get to see so many of you. We get to gather together and, and worship our Lord and Savior in song. And, um, but it's not the only way that we worship. We also worship with the giving of our tithes and our offerings as well. And so I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward, um, and as they do, I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, I hope you know that so much good is coming out of this place and going out. We are seeing people introduced to Jesus for the first time. We are seeing the hungry be fed. There's just some amazing things that are happening right here in this community and throughout the world um, through your uh, generosity and, and through what God is doing in the world. And so I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And as we get going this morning, there's really one question that I want us to wrestle with more than anything else throughout this message. And the question that I really want us to wrestle with is, is one that, that takes a little bit uh, of thoughtfulness. And my question for us is, would you say that your life is more fueled by fear or is it rooted in faith? Would you say at the end of the day, the primary driving factor in your life is this thing called fear, worry, anxiousness, that comes into our lives and seems to sweep over our lives like a roaring forest fire just consuming all of our lives? Or would you say that your life is more propelled, moved forward by this idea of faith, being rooted in safety, in security? Which one would it be for you? I hope today that we get to really begin to unpack that for all of us. Because I know for me personally, there is a temptation in my life to be fueled by, by fear, for that to be the primary motivating factor as I live my life. And all I seem to have to be able to do is turn on the TV, and it seems like one TV show after another has sponsors in order to fuel this fear in my life, to try and promote some anxious thoughts, some worries, some concern in my life. But what I'm hoping, though, is that there might be another way for us to live. If you happen to be joining us for one of the very first times, we are in the middle of this series called Reforming. Reforming. And in this series, we're really celebrating what Martin Luther did 500 years ago uh, for the church, that he realigned the church, he repositioned the church, and brought the church back to the basics of the Christian faith, the things that were most important, most significant. And last week, if you were here, Pastor Ryan Alexander, our lead pastor, just did an amazing job of unpacking one of those basic elements. And and the first element was really this idea of grace. That grace is this free gift from God to us. And, And he also let us know that there's a couple of directions, trajectories of our lives that we can either be reforming, that we can be moved in closer and closer likeness to his son, Jesus Christ, God's son, Jesus Christ, or we can be conforming, that we can be moving towards the patterns of the world, that we can see that happen in our lives as well. And what I'm hoping to do today is for us to begin to discover, to understand the significance of maybe the second element that Martin Luther would have brought back to life for us, and that's the idea of faith. 
And see, what we see is grace is this free gift that has been given to us from God. But faith is ultimately the container in which we receive this free gift of grace. What I'm hoping for us is that if we begin to see that God's grace combined with our faith come together, there is a powerful, powerful substance that comes into our lives. It's not unlike when oxygen and hydrogen are brought together, that it creates this powerful, powerful element, powerful source that we would call water. And I think for us to truly live, we can't live without this powerful substance in our lives. And so, with that, I want us to begin to unpack. Are our lives reforming? Are they moving in a direction of faith or are they conforming and moving into a direction of fear in our lives? If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And it's in Ephesians chapter 1, we see Paul, this guy, writing to this group of people in the city of Ephesus. And, and there's something that he recognizes about the people of Ephesus, something significant. And, and I want us to begin to see what he would have noticed about their lives that would have stood out about their lives. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, and we're just going to read the first portion of 16 as well. And it says this, Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Imagine, what if there was somebody else who saw something in you so significant that they not only wrote about it, but they thanked God for what they noticed in your life? For the people of Ephesus, Paul noticed this incredible, strong faith that the people of Ephesus would have demonstrated. A powerful faith. A faith that would have been able to look into the future and not allow fear to win the game. They would have seen what was before them, the plans that were before them, and wouldn't have let the anxiousness, the uh, concern to dwell up, well up inside of them, but they would have rather stepped forward in faith. What we've noticed time and time again, oftentimes, in, in people around us, where we've seen strong faith lived out, it's the, in those moments that people push beyond the fear that's in front of them and step out in faith. This is what Paul would have noticed about the people in Ephesus. So how do we begin to live out this strong faith? Well, I think it begins by us recognizing what are those things that well up fear, worry, and anxious thoughts in our own life. And then there is a way for us to begin to live beyond them. So my question for you is what are those things that keep you up at night? What are the what-if kind of things that bubble up concern and worry and anxious thoughts in you? As your pastor, I, I know that there are a variety of really big things in this room that people are concerned about. And for many of us, it, it can be the diagnosis that's happened in our life. It can be that job situation that we're concerned about. It could be that relationship that just seems to hang in the balance that we are worried about that keep us up at night. For a lot of us, it's really big things. For some of us, if we're honest, they can be a little bit of smaller things in our lives that can keep us up at times as well. In a room like this, how many of us would be willing to admit that you're afraid of heights? Anybody? A few of us? A few of us? Okay. How many of us would be willing to admit that we are afraid of confined spaces? 
It wasn't until I was in one that I realized I was afraid of confined spaces. I just want to say thank you, Dad, for taking me into a cave. I really appreciated that. That was very, very nice of you. Uh, How many of us would say that we're afraid of clowns? That's real, guys, okay? That's real, real. It's very real. Well, um, I I was having a conversation in the hallway in our our office at, at Hosanna, and I was talking to a friend of mine just kind of about what I was about to share, and I was saying that, you know what? I'm really hoping for us to begin to see that we can be fueled by, by fear in our lives or, or we can be rooted in faith. And those are kind of two different trajectories that our lives can take place. And so I said, well, can you tell me just a little bit maybe what, what are you afraid of? And uh, she had some really uh, deep theological answers. And so I'm going to invite my friend Julia Holtz up here to share with all of you what she's afraid of. Can we give Julia just a round of applause real quickly? And so, uh, so Julia, I was asking you yeah. in a very, you know, intimate kind of moment, mm-hmm. uh, what's that thing that you, like, really are most afraid of? And, uh, and you had this very deep theological answer, and the yeah. answer to this was? Well, I, I think I told you very privately and just between the two of us. Right, right. <laughs> that I'm Same not thing. fond of mice. Oh. Yes. Mice. Yeah. yeah. It's like the beady little yeah. eyes and the whiskers, oh. yeah. you know. I'm not fond of them. You, you don't like those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, on your behalf, because I really want you to be able to move beyond the fear, the worry, the anxiousness that that mice kind of create in your life, um, I came up with some advice for you to kind of live this out and to kind of move forward. And I got this advice from Wikipedia, which is where all the best advice exists, okay? And uh, anybody can write anything about anything on this. And so our first, very first piece of advice for you to overcome this fear in mice is to face your fear. <laughs> okay, Tony. So do you think that would help? No. Mm-mm. No? You don't no. think it's going to help? No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Well, yeah, I no. was at the oh, pet store Tony. this week. Tony. And um, while I was at the pet store, I thought, like, there would, could be something that would really help you in this, this capacity. Um, no, 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 no. You have to come back up here. You have to come back up here. I need, I need you for this. This is going to help. This is going to help. <clears throat> I am never sharing anything with you again. No, what? No, no, this is going to be great. Okay, so what I thought, if we're going to overcome this fear, and I saw this really great illustration, so I think it's really going to help you, right, is we're going to, on the count of five, we're going to put our hand in here, and this is really, this is going to help you, okay? Are you ready? On the you one. You are mean. <laughs> Two. No, okay, sorry. I take that back. There is actually a little bit more advice that I think would really help you in this process. And so not only do you need to face your fear, but just imagine the worst. Oh, <laughs> this is it, Tony. This is it. This I'm is the worst. Stage. This is the worst yes. thing. Oh, well, you know, it could be worse, I guess, right? All right, so imagine the worst. Face your fear. We're going to stick our hand in here on the count of three. You ready? One. I really do. <laughs> Two. You're, okay. There's actually one more piece of advice. Okay. Okay, here's the last one. This is really going to help. Think of a happy place. Okay. So for me, a happy place is like at the beach, you know, blissful. What about you? What's, what's a happy place for you? Since I'm just in front of a few of my close personal friends. Exactly right. I will just say that I immediately thought of my extended family at an all-you-can-eat buffet. An all-you-can-eat buffet. Happy with that's that. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We're all happy So with let's that. imagine the worst mice crawling yes. all over you, all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> and now we're going to face our fear. We're going to face our fear right here. Okay, is this helping? No! <laughs> Why, why, why do you think this isn't helping? Because you know? my throat is, it's, my heart is in my throat. Okay. Well, let me tell you why I think this isn't helping. Okay? Okay. Because all of these things, they don't actually deal with the root problem. 
kind of the thing behind the thing when we encounter fear. There's something actually else going on at stake here. And um, the thing really kind of behind the thing, I should have mentioned, there wasn't any mice in here, you know, whatever. <laughs> the, thing, the thing behind the thing for so many of us is this idea of uncertainty, mm-hmm. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a moment to talk about it. Can we give Julia a round of applause? <laughs> See, the thing for most of us, when it comes to fear, when it comes to those anxious thoughts, those concerns, those things that keep us up at night, It's really this idea of uncertainty that we're most afraid of. Sure, we're afraid that, we're afraid of losing our job, but we're not necessarily just afraid of losing our job. We're afraid of what will happen to our home, what will happen to our family, what will happen to our relationships if we lose our job. We're not necessarily just afraid of the diagnosis, but we're afraid of the uncertain beyond the diagnosis. What's the treatment going to be like? What's going to happen to us beyond the diagnosis? For many of us, for the relationship that hangs in the balance that we're most concerned about, that prodigal child, whatever that situation may be for you, we're not just afraid of the situation, but we're afraid of the uncertainty behind it. And the temptation for me and the temptation for you and the temptation for all of us is to try and find an antidote to the uncertainty in our lives, which makes most of us try and control the situation. We try and do everything in our means in order to try and manipulate outcomes, to try and manage circumstances in order for us to continue to control the situation, for us to see it turn out just the way we want it to turn out. But if we're honest really, really honest with one another. Even in the circumstances we try and control the most, there is still just a hint of uncertainty. And if we were really honest, we could say to one another that controlling really isn't an option for most of us in the situations that we tend to be most afraid of. So then, what is the best option for us? What is the particular antidote to this uncertainty? Well, I think Paul would have something for us. And I want us again to to step into the book of Ephesians. And because I I think there was something significant for, for the people of Ephesus that would have recognized the fact that they had strong faith, that Paul would have seen that they had strong faith, and this would have been the thing behind the thing. See, the antidote to Uncertainty isn't control, but I believe the antidote to uncertainty is actually faith. But that's not really new to us, because all of us have faith. All of us have faith in something. For the people of Ephesus, their faith would have been found in the cultic religion, the cult religion that was dominating that area. Their faith would have been in their prestige, and their wealth, and their trade, and their abilities. For us, Here in the room, uh, our faith so often finds itself in our individuality, in our own successes, in our own wealth, in our own prestige, in our abilities. So how, how do we begin to face the uncertainties that, that face our lives that we encounter so often? Well, it's not simply in faith in those type of things. Because when we place our faith in those type of things, those actually just perpetuate our fears. They actually uh, enhance our fears, our worries, our concerns, and our anxieties. 
but I think there's a place for us to allow our faith to rest that's different. And if you have your Bibles, we're back in Ephesians, and I want us to look at this verse. It's chapter 3, and it's verse 20. And, it's th- and it says this. Now all power, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See what Paul is asking us to do is to not place our faith in our own abilities, in our own successes, in our own wealth, in our own prestige, but rather to put our faith in our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. To put our faith in a God who says that he is able. See, in in six very short words, Paul begins to explain to the people of Ephesus and to us here that our faith is placed in a God who is able, who is in the world, who is at work in this world, who isn't disconnected, who isn't disinterested in what's happening in our lives, but he is able and he is intimately involved in the details of our lives. And he continues on not only to say that God is able, but through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. In a moment, he is saying, whatever you think is the thing that concerns you the most, that worries you the most, that causes you the fear and anxious thoughts that will keep you up at night, that he is able to rule over that. He is able to overcome. He is able to do infinitely more than we could ask or think. This is a God who is able and trustworthy. And I love what Paul does here because he really presses and pushes us to to see beyond language because he says it's even more than you could think or ask. In the original Greek, it would have been very clear here that God can do more than we could possibly think or ask in quantity and quality. That he could do even more than we could imagine. Uh, the quick little illustration that came to mind was if, you know, Paul was explaining that God could do 10 push-ups. He wouldn't just say God can do 10 push-ups, but God can do more than 10 push-ups. So you think more, and you think, well, he can do like 15 push-ups. That's pretty good. No, no, no. Like, really, a lot more. And so you're like, ah, he can do 20 push-ups. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It is infinitely more than you could think or ask. Don't think thousands. Think millions upon millions. He's able to do more. This is how Paul is pushing us to put our faith in him who is over all circumstances, who all authority has been given. Whatever you're facing in this moment that may cause fear and worry and anxiousness in him, he is able to do whatever needs to be done in that moment. This kind of faith is the faith that Paul is urging us to move towards, to take a step beyond the uncertainty and to begin to place our faith in him. I've only really seen this kind of faith in, in, in a variety of, a few different people. And it's typically in this strong faith in these extraordinary circumstances where you see that fear is kind of before somebody and yet they push beyond it. They take a step of faith beyond that. 
And, and the first kind of story, the first kind of moment that came to mind was uh, a moment where I saw faith just embodied in a child when they had such extraordinary faith. And many of you know this. I have a, I have a son. His name is Samuel. And, uh, and we've kind of developed a bedtime routine. And in this bedtime routine, typically we go to bed. I curl into bed with him. We read a couple of stories, which is pretty typical. And then, uh, of course, we sing two songs. Um, the first one is Jesus Loves Me. And the second one is Skull Vikings. <laughs> just, just raise them upright, guys, okay? Just raising them upright, okay? And then uh, over the last few months, I've really tried to um, impart to my son just a little bit of what I do as a pastor. I, I know that he knows I stand up here on, on a stage and I, I share, um, but I want him to know that there's kind of more to this. And so what I've been inviting him to do is to begin to pray with me for, for certain concerns that have come up within this church body. And, uh, and so I'll say, hey, buddy, what do you want to pray for? And usually he wants to pray for his transformers, which are very important. We pray for those, and we pray for his stuffed animals, and then usually, begrudgingly, we, we pray for baby brother Russell. We're not so sure about him, but anyway, we pray for him either way. And one of the things that I've asked him to begin to do is there was a friend of mine here at the church who, um, who was diagnosed with cancer. And over the last few months, I've asked him to, to pray with me for, for my friend, that she would be healed from cancer. And it's funny because he knows her by name, and so over the last few months, he's said, okay, well, let's, let's pray for your friend at church, and we would pray for her as well. And it was maybe just a little more than a few weeks ago now, um, we got to this point in time, and he said, hey, Daddy, hey, Daddy, you, you forgot to pray for your friend at church. I said, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, she went home to be with Jesus. And tears are starting to come down my face at this point in time. And it was amazing to see his response because he looked back at me as clear as could be. He said, I can't imagine there being a better place. Extraordinary faith. Strong faith. Faith that when he looks into the future, he doesn't let fear win the day. Faith that doesn't allow the anxious thoughts that consume us so often to win the war. Faith that's able to step forward in that moment. A faith that says, I'm going to believe what Paul wrote about this God. That he is a God who is able he has authority over all of our circumstances. And what he is calling to us, asking us to do, is to place our faith, our future, our worries, our concerns, our anxiousness, ultimately into the hands of the one who holds the whole world in his hands. This is where our faith is to rest. And when our faith rests there, it changes changes our circumstances, it changes our hearts, it changes our minds, because we know that he has this in his hands. One of the things that I know in my own life that I've struggled with is that this is oftentimes a hard thing for me to do. This doesn't come naturally for me to step out 
and to give over my future, give over my fears, give over my concerns, and to place my full weight into God. It just doesn't come that naturally to me. And so I, I thought maybe for you and probably more just for me that we would talk about kind of four things that has helped me step out in faith to be reformed and move from a place of fear to faith rather than conforming to the ways of the world. And the first one is this. It's been so helpful for me to remember God's faithfulness. When I look back on my life, I can look back at moments where God has showed up and he has been faithful time and time again. And when I remember his faithfulness in the, fa- in the past, I can predict his faithfulness into the future. I know many of us have seen those commercials where it's uh, an investment company and they will say some sort of tagline at the end of the commercial that's like, a, hey, by the way, just because of past results doesn't mean the future results are going to be the same, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, that's really encouraging to invest, okay, but God's different. God, we can look back on his, on his past faithfulness and we can know that into the future he will continue to be faithful to us. There's a story in the Old Testament, this really pretty dynamic story, where we see the nation of Israel, for a moment, they have been promised this promised land, and, and before they go into the promised land, they decide to, to take 12 guys, 12 spies, and send them into the promised land. And as they send them into the promised land, they're supposed to scope out the area, and then they're going to come back and report. And this amazing thing happens when they come back to report, 10 of the 12 of them say, yeah, we saw the promised land. But more than what we saw in the promised land is we saw that that area was, was, had people that we were going to have to fight, these Hittites and Amorites and giants in the land, and they were afraid to go into the land. But there were two of the twelve who stood up and said, no, 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 no. This is the promised land for us. And I believe what allowed them to see the faith, to step out in that capacity, was they remembered God's faithfulness in the past. I'm sure they would have stood up and said, hey, do you remember when we crossed the Red Sea, where we walked across dry land? Do you remember when God fed us with manna from heaven? Do you remember how God rescued us from Pharaoh? Do you remember? And when we remember, it allows us to step forward in faith, trusting God our concern, our worry into the one who holds the whole world in his hands. The second one is to remain rooted. And uh, I think we can be remain rooted in lots of different ways. One of those is to remain rooted in God, to remain rooted in scripture, which we know that faith comes from hearing the word of God, but also to remain rooted in community. For many of us, it's, it's amazing that I, we continue to encourage you to be in a small group, to be in a course, because when we find ourselves rooted in relationships with other people, they oftentimes can help us step out in faith and not live in fear. I've seen this over and over again in my own little small group where we have pulled, pushed each other to step forward in faith rather to remain back in fear. The third one is this, to, to recognize to recognize God's presence in our lives. Another one of those great stories in the Old Testament is this moment where God meets Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to go and free my people. I want you to go and meet with Pharaoh, who is the most powerful person in the world. 
And, and he said, no, I'm, basically, I'm afraid. I, I see the obstacles before him. I, I can't do this. And God's great pep talk to Moses was this. I will be with you. I will be with you. So often we miss this moment that, that we think that God somehow isn't present, but if we recognize his presence with us, we can move forward in faith rather than conforming to fear in our lives. We oftentimes in scared moments shoot up these quick little prayers, these flare prayers, I would say, from the SOS, we need help. But it's in those fleeting prayers that we rarely take time to recognize who ultimately we're talking to. And I believe one of those things that will help us move forward in faith is begin to look into the face of the one that we are praying to. The one who does hold the whole world in his hands. The one who is able to do infinitely more than we could ever think or ask. And lastly, I believe for us to move forward in faith is for us to begin to, to risk something. See, it's amazing that, that God asks us to put his, our, our faith in him, to put our whole weight of who we are in, in him for salvation, but it doesn't end there. He is continually pushing us to grow in our faith. This is why it's a part of our multiply vision for us to continue to step out in faith over and over and over again. And as we step out in faith, we flex this faith muscle, and it makes us stronger. It makes us even uh, believe God even more because we continue to see his faithfulness in the past over and over again. He's asking us to step out and to risk something. I have a, a friend who, who's a pastor, and, um, and he tells the story of kind of a, a moment in his life that I think really illustrates for us this idea of risking something, of taking a step out in faith in God. And he tells the story, and he says it was, you know, his 20th wedding, wedding anniversary for him and his wife, and he kind of grew up in uh, the Bay Area in California, and one of his favorite things to be able to see was the Golden Gate Bridge. He just loved this beautiful sight of the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and he wanted his wife to be able to experience something similar, and so when they went out to the Bay Area for their 20th anniversary, he called and he said, um, excuse me, you know, do you guys in your hotel rooms, do you have a good view of the Golden Gate Bridge? And, he, you know, there's a few that said no, and a few that said, oh, we got the Bayview Bridge. And he's like, no, 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 I need the Golden Gate Bridge. And he finally finds the hotel that he wants, and, and they have a view, and he calls repeatedly just to make sure. And, of course, he eventually shows up at the hotel room, and he goes to the hotel lobby, and he says, hey, uh, we here, we're here, we have a room, we have a view of the Golden Gate Bridge, and he's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that, and he looked at him, and he goes, oh, you're that guy. He says, well, we've actually upgraded you to even a better view of the Golden Gate Bridge, and he said, yeah, that's right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, it's amazing, they walked into their, their room. And he said it was amazing there was music playing in the room, and he said the curtains had already been drawn, and there was a view uh, out towards them. And uh, I have to show you a picture of what they saw here. He said, it's okay. It's okay, honey. Uh, we're going to be here for two days. I'm 100% sure we're going to get a great view of the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, so, of course, the two days, here's, here's the best view they got. I think there's something there. 
his wife at one point in time and says, hey, 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 let's go to the north side of the bay. Let's actually drive across the Golden Gate Bridge. Let's, let's go across it. And he said, uh, there was a moment that the two of them chuckled to each other, and, and he said, so, so we're going to drive across something we can't see. She said, yeah, we are. Okay. And I want you to see what, what they saw as they drove across that Golden Gate Bridge. Fog everywhere. There's something remarkable that happened as they began to drive across it. I want you to see this. My pastor friend says he turned to his wife and says, we need to build a hotel room on that mountain right there. (laughs) Sell it out all the time. He said, you know what? This is actually a lot like faith. So often that there are things that come up in our lives, obstacles, things that we're afraid of, things that cause us worry, concerns, things that allow the what-ifs in life to come up. And if we're not careful, they can block our view of God. But the difference from conforming to the ways of the world, to falling into this idea of fear and worry and anxiousness, versus reforming and stepping out in faith and not letting fear win the day. Just trusting God. Say, hey, I know I can't see you now, but I am going to drive across you to the other side of the bay. And friends, what I believe is going to happen is that we're going to see something powerful come into our lives. When we see God's grace and our faith come together, going to transform the way we see the world. It's going to transform the lives around us. When we place this directly into Christ alone, we're going to see amazing 